You are now tuned in to 2020 Bible Stories with Shamika, your host and thought commentator, Felicia. Welcome back to 2020 Bible Stories. And here's the conclusion of Abram. Okay, well, let's try to recap thus far what we covered from Abram. Because again, Abram's long, so... Abraham at 75, I'm sorry, Abram at 75 has been called to leave his native country to go to the land that the Lord will show him because he will make him a great nation, bless him, and make him famous. And you're going to be a blessing to others. Then they get to Canaan and a famine break out forcing him and his wife Sarai to have to go to Egypt. Once they get to Egypt, they tell everybody that Sarah is his sister instead of his wife. So the Pharaoh basically had ordered them to get out the country and take all your stuff with you. So they go back to Canaan where him and Lot end up getting into a disagreement or whatever and he tell Lot, look, you choose the left, I'm going to go to the right, or you choose the right, and I'm going to go to the left. So Lot chose to go to the side of the Jordan Valley. That side, of course, is close to Sodom. There's a war going on at the time, and he gets captured in the war along with all his things, to which Abram, his uncle, has to go and rescue him. After he rescues Lot, the uh, king of Salem, Melchizedek, came to bless him for uh, basically, you know, for winning. Because essentially he had 318 men against an army. So he came to bless God first for helping you win, and then he blessed him for winning. And the king of Sodom had came too, though, but he was like, you know, I want my people back. Like, you can keep all the stuff that you took, but give me back my people. To which Abram is like, ain't nobody keeping any of your stuff. Just give my men their portions of what they deserve and go ahead on. So, sometime later, the Lord had promised Abram a son. And because Sarah couldn't have kids, she gives Hagar to Abram and Hagar get pregnant and start treating Sarah like she the servant to where Sarah is like, look, God, this is all your fault, Abram. God gonna say who right in this matter, me or you. To which Abram like, look, that's your servant. Like you need to do with her as you see fit. You need to handle that. So, Sarah starts treating Hagar bad, making Hagar run away. Hagar run away. Angel of God see her out there, and he tell her, look, go back and go do what Sarah tell you to do. Sarah tell you to do. So, she, of course, gave birth to their son, Ishmael. Now, sometime later, Abram 
is named Abraham. Because again, Abram, exalted father, Abraham, father of many, which he was about to be. So after he changed his name to Abraham, that's when the mark of the covenant came where you everybody had to be circumcised. Like that's the mark of the covenant. From generation to generation, descendant to descendant, everybody got to get circumcised. So after he circumcised him, he changed his Sarai name to Sarah. And then he tell uh, Abraham that Sarah going to have a baby. To which, of course, he laughs because they old. So... Later on, while Abraham was at his tent, he had seen these three men coming towards him. And the three men, you know, he treated them as a hospitable as he could, as honorable as they could, came, fed and washed their food. And they had told him, look, sir, I will have a baby this time next year. And then she laughed. To which the Lord was like, yeah, what you laughing at? And she was like, yeah, no, I wasn't laughing. So... After that, Abraham tries to intercede on God's plan, you know, to destroy Sodom. And that should be pretty much where we're picking up today. Okay, so that evening, the two angels came to the city's entrance of Sodom where Lot was sitting. When he saw them, he welcomed them and he bowed with his face low and, <clears throat> and he said, my lords, come wash your feet and be my guest for tonight. You can get up early tomorrow morning and be on your way. Oh no, we good right here in the city, the men replied. But Lot insisted, so they went with him. Lot prepared a feast for them and they ate. But before they could retire for the night, all of the men in Sodom came from all over the city, Anglemore, and surrounded the house, demanding that Lot bring the men out so that they could have sex with them. Lot went outside to go talk to him and said, don't do such a wicked thing. I have two virgin daughters that you can do with as you want. But please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and under my protection. But the men shouted back, you are outsider acting like our judge. We gonna do to you far worse than what we about to do to them. So the men lunged forward to break down the door, but the two angels had reached out and pulled out into the house bolted the door shut and blinded all the men at the door. So the men gave up. Meanwhile, the angels had asked Lot if he had had any other relatives in the city and to go get him out because they was about to destroy it. The outcry had been too great. It had reached the Lord and he had sent, and he sent us here to destroy it. So Lot went to go tell his daughter's fiancés, but they thought he was joking. So at dawn the next morning, the angels was like, hurry up, 
get your wife and your two daughters and get out right now because we about to sweep the city. We about to, yay, we about to get all this destruction out of here. But Lot still hesitated. So the angels took his hands, his wife's hand, and his two daughters' hand, and they rushed him out the city. For the Lord was merciful. Once they got out, the angels said, run for your life and don't look back and don't stop nowhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains. Oh no, my Lord, I can't go to the mountains for disaster will certainly catch up to me if I go there. Look, it's this little small village over here. Let me go there and stay for you've been so kind and gracious. So the angels reply, okay, I'm going to let you go there. I'm not going to destroy that little village. But hurry up because I can't do nothing until y'all get there. So Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising. And then the Lord had rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed other cities too that was on the plain and villages, wiping all the people and the vegetation. So as they was running, Lot's wife, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham on the next morning, however, he went to the place, my guess is, where they were walking to Sodom and Gomorrah and he stopped halfway and let them go. That's my thought. He went back to that place where he uh, was talking to the Lord. And he basically watched Sodom and Gomorrah smoke like a furnace, like he just watched it burn up. But the Lord had heard Abraham's request to keep Lot safe, and he got Lot out of there. Lot went to uh, Zoar. That's the place of the little village, because that's what Zoar means, little, little place. He went over there, but he was afraid when he got there. So they, him and his daughters, they left and they went to go live in a cave in the mountains. So one day the oldest daughter was like, look, ain't no men left around here. How we supposed to get married? Let's get our father drunk and have sex with him. That way we can preserve our family line through him. So that night, the oldest daughter got him drunk, slept with him, and he had no idea that she was there, that she laid down or got up. And the next night, they got him drunk again, and the younger daughter slept with him. Both of them became pregnant by their father. The oldest daughter, she named her son Moab and the youngest daughter she named her son Benami Benami something like that don't don't quote me on that anyways Abraham moved to Gerar where he lived as a foreigner there Abraham again introduced Sarah as his sister King Abimelech of Gerar had sent for her and he brought her to her, pi and brought him, uh, her to his palace. But that night, 
God had came to him in a dream and he told him, you are a dead man for that woman you have is already married. But Abimelech hadn't slept with her yet. So he was like, look, you going to punish an innocent man? He told me she was his sister. And she to herself said that that's my brother. My hands is clean. God responded in the dream. Yeah, that's why I kept you from sinning against me. And why I didn't let you touch her. Now take her back to her husband and he gonna pray for you because he a prophet. But if you don't, you and all your people will certainly die. So the next morning, Abimelech had got up and he told his servants and everybody what had happened and everybody got scared. So he called for Abraham and he was like, what have you done? Like, what crime have I committed against you to deserve this, making me and my kingdom guilty of this great sin? Nobody should ever do what you have done. What possessed you to do such a thing? And Abraham said, I thought this was the godless place where y'all was going to want my wife and kill me to get her. I mean, she really is my sister. We got the same father, but different mothers. And when I moved from place to place, I told her to do me a favor and tell everybody I'm her brother. Then Abimelech took some of his sheep, goats, cattle, male and female servants, and serve, and gave them to Abraham. He had told Abraham to look over the land and choose any place where he wanted to live. And he told, sir, that I'm giving your brother a thousand pieces of silver in front of these people to compensate you for any wrong that I have done to you on my behalf. This is going to settle the claim that's been set against me and your reputation to be clear. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and the female servants in his house to have children because that was the curse of infertility once he had took Sir into the house. So, sometime later, the Lord kept his word and Sir became pregnant at just the time the Lord said that she would. And speaking of that, I know I said that Sir was a year younger than uh, Abraham, but she's 10 years younger than Abraham. So I want to correct myself. So Sir was 90 when she gave birth to their son. And she was 65 when she was with the Pharaoh. <laughs> so. Anyway, <laughs> anyways. Um, Sir get pregnant. She had a baby. And eight days later, Abraham circumcised him just like the Lord told him to. And Sir had declared that God has brought me laughter for whoever hears this is going to laugh at me. 
So they named him Isaac, which means he who laughs. So when Isaac had grew up to be weaned, um, Abraham had prepared a feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sir had saw Hagar and Ishmael laughing and making fun of Isaac. So she told Abraham to get rid of them because she was having no parts of Ishmael sharing any of Isaac's inheritance. This, of course, upset Abraham because Ishmael, his son, too. But God told Abraham not to worry about it and do what Sir says because my covenant is going to be fulfilled through Isaac. But I'm going to bless your son Ishmael, too, because you asked. So... The next morning, Abraham got up and prepared some food and a container of water, and he strapped him to Hagar's shoulders, and he sent her and Ishmael on their way to be uh, basically like homeless almost. That's what it sounds like, but it says to be want to wander aimlessly in the wild in the wilderness in Beersheba. So. When the water was all gone, she had put Ishmael in a bush and she went over like a hundred yards away to go cry because she said she can't sit and watch the boy die. But God heard her and the boy crying and he told her, well, he asked her first what was wrong and then he told her, don't be afraid, go to the boy and go comfort him for I'm about to make a great nation from his descendants. Then God had opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy Ishmael as he grew up in the wilderness where he became a skillful archer. And later Hagar arranged for him to marry an Egyptian woman. So that's their story. So, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith by telling him to take his only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up, took two of his servants along with Isaac, chopped some wood for the burnt offering, saddled his donkeys, and they set out for the place where God told them to go. On the third day they tripped, he saw the place in the distance, and he had told his two servants to stay right there with the donkeys, and me and Isaac gonna go a little further and worship, and we gonna come right back. Now, Isaac was carrying the wood, and Abraham had had the fire and the knife. Isaac eventually turned to his father and like, where is she at? And Abraham like, God going to provide a sheep for the burnt offering. So they kept on walking. When they got there, Abraham built the altar. He arranged the wood on it, tied his son up, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Just as Abraham Abraham, I don't know why I keep calling him Abraham. Just as Abraham picked up his knife to kill his son, the angel of the Lord called from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yeah, here I am, Abraham said. 
Don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. The angel of God said. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in some bushes. And he sacrificed that instead of his son. Abraham had named that place Yahweh Yira, which means the Lord will provide. The angel had called for Abraham again and said, this is what the Lord says. Because you obeyed me, I swear by my name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to the servants and went back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. So, Sir was 127 years old when she died in Canaan. Abraham had mourned and wept for her and then he had left her to go to the Hittite elders to ask them if they would sell him a piece of land so that he could give Sir a proper burial because again, he was a foreigner and a stranger among them. So the Hittites had said, you, my Lord, are a prince among us. Choose the finest of our tombs and bury her there. Abraham bowed down and replied, since you are willing to help me, ask Ephron to let me buy his cave at the end of the field at Machpelah. I will pay full price so I can have a permanent burial place for my family. Ephron was there and he said, no, my Lord, I will give you the field and the cave here in the presence of my people. You can have it. Now go and bury your dead. Abraham bowed low again to the ground and he said, Ephron, listen to me. Let me pay the full price for the field so I can bury my dead. Ephron was like, look, the land worth like 400 pieces of silver, but what is that between friends? Have it. So Abraham agreed to that price, he said. He gave him the 400 pieces of silver. The Hittites had witnessed the transaction and the field and the cave was transferred from Noah over to Abraham and he had a permanent burial place. Uh -huh. Abraham was old. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. So one day, he had told his oldest servant to take an oath by putting his hand under his thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you won't let my son marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go to my homeland instead to find my relatives and find a wife for him there. But the servant replied, what if I can't find a woman who is willing to come with me? Should I take him there instead? Nah, Abraham replied, don't never take my son there. 
for the Lord promised this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she not with it, then from here, you don't got to worry about, then you free from here, from there is what I mean. Then you free from there on from the oath if she don't want to come. But under no circumstances are you to take my son in. So he placed under his hand under Abraham's thigh and he swore to follow his instructions. Then he loaded 10 camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master Abraham and he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. So it was evening and the women there were coming out to draw water and the servant had prayed, O oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success today and show me unfair to live to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink. And I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen as Isaac's wife. This is how I'll know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he could finish praying, a young woman named Rebecca had came out with a water jug on her shoulder. And Rebecca was the daughter of Bethuel who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milcah. Now, Rebecca was described as very beautiful and old enough to get married, but was still a virgin. So she filled her jug, came up again, and the servant ran over to her and said, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. And she said, yes, my Lord, have a drink. And she lowered her shoulder and gave him a drink. Then she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. And she went back down and got more water. The servant was still a little leery if the Lord had given him success or not as he watched her in silence. But after the camels had finished drinking, he had took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrist. Whose daughter are you? And would he by chance have any room to put me up and, you know, all my people with me for the night? I'm Bethuel's daughter. My grandparents are Nahor and Milka. And yeah, we got plenty of room for you and your guests and straw to feed for your camels. The man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, praised the Lord, the God of Abraham, my master. He has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master by leading me straight to his relatives. So Rebecca went home and immediately went and told her family what had happened. And her brother Laban came out and told him to come on in. We got room for you. We got a space for your camels. We good to go. So they did as most do back then. They washed their feet, prepared a feast for them. And just before they was about to eat, 
the uh, servant was like, I'm not going to eat until I tell y'all while I'm here. So Laban, of course, was like, all right, why are you here? So he told him exactly why he was there from again, from the oath to the prayer to when she came and got the water to when she fed the camels. He told him he broke everything down and he made sure to give God praise in there because he let it be known that I prayed and he showed me her. So Laban and Bethuel had said, I mean, obviously the Lord brought you here. So, I mean, it's nothing we can say. So, like, I guess take us as the Lord had, you know, as directed you. So he had gave them gifts and they ate the food. But early the next morning, when it had came time for them to go, Rebecca's mother and brother was like, hold up. Give us like 10 more days with her and then you can take her. But the man was like, look, don't delay me. And then they was like, look, all right, well, let's just go ask her what she want to do. So she was like, yeah, I'm going. So they left, but not before they uh, blessed her. And they said, our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. Meanwhile, Isaac had returned home from the Negev. And one evening he was in the fields walking and meditating when he had saw them coming. When Rebecca had uh, saw him, she was basically smitten. She jumped off her camel and she asked, who was that man walking to meet us? And the servant was like, that's him. That's my master. Uh, that's Isaac. That's my master's son. So uh, Isaac had brought Rebecca into the house. Into the house. Isaac had brought Rebecca back to his mother's tent. And she became his wife. And he loved her deeply. And she was a special comfort to him after she had died, after Sir died. So now Abraham had married another woman named Katura. And they had had like six sons. But anyways, when Abraham had died at 175, he had left everything he uh, owned to Isaac. But before that, he had gave gifts to the sons of his concubines, and he sent all them off to another land, the same way that he sent Ishmael off. So he left everything to Isaac. He died at 175, having lived a long and satisfying life. He breathed his last breath, and he joined his ancestors in death. He was buried in the same cave as Sarah in Machpelah. After Abraham's death, God bless Isaac. All right, so that's Abraham's story. Abraham lived the 175 and Sarah lived the 127. They did that. Yeah, and like I said, not hardly as long as the people back before that flood. So, so yeah, what were some of the things that stuck out to you? Some of your takeaways. 
how he tried to pimp her again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, I mean, I ain't gonna say he tried to pimp her because this one said he didn't get nothing. Like, yeah, he didn't get nothing. This one, he, he gave his wife away twice. Yeah, Why he didn't get punished for that. I don't think that was so much like a he need to be punished for. I think that was showing that he was about to develop a pattern of lying whenever he felt scared. Like whenever he yeah. felt like he was in one of them situations, he was developing a pattern of I have to lie to get myself out of this. God said, told went to the other man and was great, were him a new one. Just because <laughs> Abraham was a sucker. Wait, who was going to take him a new one? My God was great to the, the the other the other man. You said he came to oh, the yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he was going to kill him. Like, yeah, no, you're going to die if you keep her. Like, you better take her back. But he also said in that dream, "I kept you from sinning against me. I kept you from touching her and sleeping with her. That's why I didn't do." Like base, that's why I basically I let you live. Mm -hmm. Why he didn't get on him this time? Why he ain't scold him or something? Why he ain't say? Yes, I mean he is blameless, but he still ain't half. You know, he still I, ain't half. Yeah, my thought process, I guess technically that was the scolding this time because with the first one, it was just a simple take her and get out my country. This time, it was like. Like what possessed you to do such a thing? You was nobody should never do nothing like that. Like I'm guessing since that was added this time, that was more of the scolding that he got. It's like you did this same thing again, and you about to you about to have this innocent man. You know what I'm saying? God, you know he God intervened at the right time, but still you still about to get this man shut down by the Lord. And he, and he never said, well, because of that, I'm going to kill a servant or you're going to be sterile for the rest of your 175 years. Or No, nah, I don't see that happening because, again, he's technically telling the half truth. And this time he actually admitted that, yeah, this is my half sister. Like, technically, she is my sister. Like, he didn't say that the first time. That's why I kept saying I didn't want to say nothing too much the first time. But this time, it was like, I mean, technically, I'm not lying. You get what I'm saying? So let me let me put it in context of how my mind is thinking. Basically, for me, I understand how it was written. I understand how the text should go. I mean, I understand how the text go. But what I'm just saying, that's just like an omission of just like, you you don't you only have faith when you want to. And you not, I mean, of course it's the Bible and you know what I'm saying, but you only came to tell the truth when God came to him and told him what to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The first time you, you used this the first time, but you never went, you, you didn't, you didn't use this faith to go to, you know, to go in there and be like, look, sir, I don't know what y'all into, but I'm Abraham and this is my wife, sir. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't want any problems. And the Lord going, you know what I'm saying? The Lord not going to leave. For me, I'm thinking the Lord's not going to leave him high and dry. I know this is how the text goes or whatever. I'm just saying, this is how, you know, like, again, my thoughts about it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, thinking. That's why. That's how it comes down to me. You know, whereas I see Abraham, I know he was a blameless and a mighty king, but his some of his actions were cowardly and unfaithful. I mean, yeah, if you're looking at it from that perspective, that again, that's true. But I look at it where it was showing that he was potentially again developing a, a pairing of a line where it's like every time you get in trouble, like a child, you broke something and you felt like you had to lie to get out of it as opposed to just telling the truth. Like you like you're saying, he didn't have that faith that I'm gonna get you through this. You don't got that faith that I'm not going to punish you if you tell me that you really broke my glass when it's like it's it's just a glass like but again as a child you gotta think about the child don't think about it like that the child just think of i did wrong and i'm gonna get a punish like but if you just told me like it wouldn't have been that bad but he's not operating off of that it might not be that bad if i tell the truth again he's getting that he got away with it basically the first time like we just got sent away. You get what I'm saying? Like essentially there nothing happened from that. So he felt like he was in the clear. He was good to go. I, I'm able to keep this lie going. I'm able to keep having her do this favor because I keep getting away with it. Yeah. And Sarah on- was TikToking at what a hundred and <laughs> <laughs> she died at 127 so again this happened after the 90s after she had that baby oh yeah sir was still putting in work at 90s another thing that I I got though that stood out to me is that like on, the, on that last Abraham I kept saying and thinking well I mean I still kind of think that about in certain cases about interceding and intervening on people's plan but the text makes for me feel like that it was Abraham intervening on God's plan by him saying, Are you going to destroy the city if there's 50 righteous people, 30 righteous people? When looking at it from the rest of the story reading from today, I feel like that's more so that was him asking the Lord to keep Lot safe. Like, please don't let my one somewhat righteous I ain't even gonna say righteous that's why I say somewhat obedient my somewhat obedient nephew safe like I know his foot ain't all the way in the door but he got a toe in his door like please keep him safe like I think that's what that ultimately that was because he said it afterwards when he pulled him out of the fire like he he answered Abraham's like prayers his request he kept like safe he got him out of there so yeah I don't I don't think he was intervening so much on his plan now as opposed to just asking like Lord please keep my nephew safe so the Lord already knew Lot was there he was waiting for him my thing yeah he was there but I think like he was basically becoming useless like if you remember that part of the story where he where he where they come to try to have sex with the men and he goes outside to talk to them. So it's like for me at that point, like now you wanna come out here 
and speak the Lord's word. Now you want to come out here and say that we're about to commit a wicked act. But you've been here with us all this time. Like now you want to come judge somebody? Now you got something to say? So that's, it was like, for me, it was almost like Lot was becoming useless because it's like his word didn't mean nothing. Like, I, don't, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't, I don't think that that's what it was. I think the fact that he was, he was, he was doing his own thing, but he allowed, and they, and he, they didn't bother, if you notice, they didn't never bother him or his two daughters. The whole city was damn, you know, was wicked. But he, his two daughters are still virgins, and they never even after him. So they knew they were virgins with fiancés, and likely the fiancés that they had were from Sodom. Like they they had to be from this place. So the minute they had clearly weren't the right choice because when he came to say that they get ready to destroy the city, the fiancés. Thought probably like how everybody thought when Noah was building that up. You're joking. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not about to happen. So for, they had fiance. My was thinking of it like this. I was thinking of it like this because I was like, first of all, who would offer up their two virgin daughters to a mob of men standing outside and literally tell them you could do with them as you want? Because he he knew that he was in the presence of the Lord and his and the angels, and he would rather sacrifice again. He would rather sacrifice his daughters to that abuse and that punishment, and for them to go and try to attack the angels. No, I don't think like that. I think he thought that them dudes was going to do something. He thought that these fiancés that they had was going to probably jump in and intervene. And was like, you're not about to sound like, what? You're about to send my fiance out here for some men to do? What? Oh, they had already laughed, so they didn't believe him anyway. And that's my point. Like, he, first of all, you ain't even take the time to make sure that you had the right men for your daughters. Because they ultimately end up doing incest. Like, come on, they resorted to incest to have kids because their father didn't choose the right men for them. He didn't make sure that they had somebody that was going to protect them, that was going to go out there and be like, I wish y'all would touch my girl like you tripping. Like, that's what I'm saying. How come that was not there? Because, again, because of where they was. That's why, that's why that's my thought process. Like he damn near became useless. That's why he was like, should I tell Abraham? Should I tell him? Because again, his nephew's over here and I'm getting ready to get rid of this place. And his nephew is becoming useless to me. His word means nothing. My word basically means nothing because I, I have to speak through you. When I go to places, that's what I'm supposed to do. When I go to places, I'm supposed to speak his name. The people in the land supposed to know that this is what I'm about when I get here. That's why they was like, how are you going to judge us? How do you think you're going to judge us when you're been right here with us and you ain't said nothing about no Lord, no God, no nobody this whole time? The Lord's word was still in them because he recognized who they were. He knew who they were. He bowed out to them. He washed their feet. He made them food. He 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 still he still had the word of God in him to, to recognize and to know who they were 
for himself. So that along with Abraham, you know, testing God or, you know, the 10 or whatever the case may be, that all work hand in hand because God is all knowing. So he knew Lot was there. So he already knew what he was saying when he said it. And, and again, it says that he was saved essentially because of his uncle, because of his uncle's prayers, not because of him, because it, it said he said, I, I answered your prayers like I did just what you asked. I got him out of there. Absolutely. Now, what if you think that he would let him walk on past and let the, he left, if he would let the angels walk on past? And not stop them or said anything or all that. How would they? How would they have got him out of there? Because That's a good question. Because God was going to answer uh, Abraham prayer. Then how if he would have let them walk on by and just like oh, oh those are like the angels are okay. I don't know what's about to happen. And he I think them- it's, I actually now I think it's probably like you said because he was insistent. Like again. He was already sitting there and they were coming to the city. So they seen each other to again, which he bowed down and yes, like Gregson, please be my guest for tonight. And again, like they said, no, like we're fine right here where we are. We don't have to go in there. Like we're good where we are, but he kept insisting that they go with him. So maybe again, like you said, that's, that's what it was because of the insistence of come, please be my guest for tonight. Absolutely, because had they just stayed where they were, would they was gonna wake up and walk over to him and say, "Hey, Lot, yeah, you gotta go. You gotta find your relatives to see if they, you know, gonna roll with you, but you gotta go." And Lot gonna be like, "What?" You know what I'm saying? But instead, he did the godly thing. He did the uh, um, love that neighbor or whoever. But he knew who they were, and he insisted that they come in here and wash their feet first. But he knew who they were for the same reason, like you said, the, of the being the role models and stealing the things in the kids. Again, like I said, he had it in him. That's why he knew who they were. Like he had it in him. He just wasn't using it. Like I said, and that's why to this point, he just became useless. And that's why I have to, I'm going to see if I want to tell Abraham, because again, your, your nephew's over there. He's becoming useless to me right now. So should I even tell him? And the fact because a lot of us know the word of God but don't practice it or don't do that and that strange people in their house to wash their feet and give them some food exactly he gave it's almost like Cain and Abel I didn't really say this in the Cain and Abel story but essentially he gave them he gave him a second chance to correct his mistake he gave lot a second not yeah he gave lot a second chance essentially like he let he brought him out of there, and I'm going to give him this second chance because again, he just was useless to me. But your uncle just prayed like so heavy and so deep for you. Like that's what they say about having righteous people pray for you. Like this man was so right that his his prayers were answered, even though you were useless. I I couldn't even use you no more. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm still having trouble with the useless part, but okay, I get it. I mean, I'm just saying to the point of useless as of my word, like my word holds no weight now. Like the things that you're going out here to to speak and say about me, like I can't use you to spread my goodness because you're not doing that. 
He put up an effort and he tried and he showed loyalty. At God. the end, exactly. At the end. Because again, he hesitated three times. He hesitated three. Why did he have? Oh, come on now. This is obviously a clear choice. The angels are coming to tell you that I'm about to destroy this city and you're believing them. You believe them because you went to them to the fiancés. So obviously you believe that they're do what they're here to do what they said they want to do, but you hesitated three times. It says they got up the next morning and insisted that he get them people out. Like, why are you hesitating when I just told you I'm getting ready to kill everybody? What is the hesitation? Why are you still stuck here? That's what I'm saying. That's useless. You stuck here in this. You're not even trying to come out. His wife especially wasn't because she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. So she really wanted to believe what they was uh what they had. Because my thought process is this: they met at the city entrance. If I'm thinking again back in the day of how this worked, this is the place where important people met. This was the place where if you had some kind of status. This is this is where you would go. This is how you would meet these people, and this is how you knew who the the ladies was, and how you knew who the Martha stood. Like that's how you knew who was who because this is where they were. So obviously, if Lot was there, he was important. He had to have some kind of like title, or he at least knew somebody that did, and that's why he was sitting out there. So. For him to be sitting out there was again, it's like a chance encounter to where he met them, and then they brought him again there, and he didn't want to leave that. Like obviously, if he has that title, he 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 has something. That's just my thought process. He got some title, he got the money, he got some connections, and I ain't trying to leave none of that because I'm hesitating after they just told me they about to destroy the city, and I got to get up the next day again, still hesitating. So much so that these angels had to grab our hands and literally take us out of this place. Right. That's why I mean to the point that you became useless because you can't you can't have me in you, but you you are not even trying to leave your old life behind. That's the point of the circumcision. You have to leave that old stuff behind. You got to be new. That's why even Abraham now, because you're a brand new person. You're not the same as you were before. Okay, that makes that that makes that makes sense. I can I can go with that one. I can go with that. I still won't say he had it in him. Yeah, he ain't want to leave, but most of us don't want to leave. Most of us got one one foot here, one foot there. Mm-hmm. You know, I still can I can understand his hesitation. But I'm not gonna understand what they're telling you. They're about to blow it up now. I, you know, exactly. I would take it. Exactly. And at the same time, we, it's like leaving old things behind. Sometimes it's even old relationships or abusive relationships. Or just with the, it's the fizzle, the unfizz. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. Some people don't, want, you know, leave their home. Like you know, pick them and go, or whatever the case may be. Because we all stuck in the place. Well, all I know is this shows the difference between him and his uncle. The big clear difference. Because his uncle was told to get up and leave at 75. 75, you got to get up and you have got to go. And without hesitation, that man got up and he left. 
I'm right here in your face. Tell like you come on now. There are hundreds of men outside trying to have sex with two men. With three men. One and three of them? No, it was two. Two. It's two two. They went outside with two. Two or three, however, well, if it didn't equate for the number of people that were standing outside. So my thought process again, if you, these people came to have sex with these people, that they were going to break down your door and make him a third, they probably would have made a third person out of lot. Because like they said, we're going to do far worse to you than what we're about to do to them. Yep. So again, like I said, he, his, he you're out here now trying to tell us that we're committing sinful, wicked acts. But again, you've been right here with us. You got money from us. We let you stay here. We let you do all of this stuff. And now you want to come preach the word of God? Yeah. You, you. Well, like I said, it goes to show the contract. Because everywhere Abraham went, everywhere Abraham went, kings were coming to bless him. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, even with the wrongdoing that you keep saying, even with all that lying that he was doing to keep himself alive, he still was receiving blessing after blessing after blessing. Because, again, wherever he went, the Lord was with him. His reputation was his reputation was beyond reproach. You couldn't say anything about it. It was no way Abraham could have went somewhere and they could have been like, Abraham who? Like, that's essentially what I feel like. There's no way you could have ended up being like Abraham who? But at the same time, though, he said they said he'd been right there, right there with him. Now he want to preach the word of God. It don't, it don't matter what time it is to preach the word of God. He started preaching the word of God. And he still was saying, I'm going to sacrifice me and my daughters. Don't touch these men. He didn't sacrifice himself. Well, he just, he just the sacrificed the daughters exactly, and that's my point of it. So, but I'm saying this: preach the God, preach the word of God at that time, or whatever the case may be. He still tried to save a life. He still tried to save their life. He still he tried to let them know, hey, you're barking up the wrong tree. And again, nobody listened because their response was. You not my judge. You can't tell me what to do. You don't get to tell me whether I'm right or wrong. You're not even from here. And how you going right. to tell me that if I'm right or wrong? And again, that's the fact that you're not even from here. And because you're not from here, how come we don't know your connection? How come we don't connect connected with Abraham? How come we don't know that the Lord is with you? Well, he, well, one of them should have known he was connected to Abraham because didn't he come with Abraham when he was captured? And Abraham brought his 300 and something men. Yeah, that's true. No, one of them was yeah, escaping when he told Abraham. So again, again, his people knew. That's what I'm saying. His people, one of his people was able to escape and go tell Abraham what happened. So his family knows who he's connected to and his service and in his household. But again, your neighbor don't know that. That's what he said. He wanted his people back. The man from Sodom knew, but it don't. My my thing is, yes, he 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 did all the wrongs. He but he still had one foot here and one foot there. I'm not saying he did all the wrongs. I'm just saying, like 
you've just gotten to a point where I can't use you is what I'm saying. If, as in use, again, if I have a TV that is broken, what am I keeping the TV for? I can't watch TV on it. That's what I'm saying. That essentially my TV has become useless. I can't use it anymore. Somebody else can't use it, take it, go fix it up, refurbish it. Like that's what I'm saying. It's not saying, but to me, it's useless because I can't do none of those things. I can't, I can't work with this. Well, he saved them and he did right by the the two angels. He knew, God knew, and you know, he answered the prayer. So I mean. I, I just say that's how I feel about it. I just feel like you know he did what he 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 did enough to live. And like I said again, it it was just like a number of things that I just like I said as far as lacks curse. Like I said, like he knew who the people were when they came to the entrance, so he knew all that. So like I said, it was in him. He had he from the gate. He knew he knew what his nephew is. God knew what his nephew. God knew who had a nephew was. He was shady from the gate, but he still saved him because of Abraham. Like so I said again, that's just the last What he do after God has saved him is is, is 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 after he's been saved, and now it's like, so now what? I mean, what, just look at it as this is the consequences that he got. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm like, this is the consequence that you have gotten from your easy choice that you made. Like, that's all I'm taking from it. Like, again, like I said, he knew where he was going was close to Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew that. He knew what was going on over in them places. And still, like I said, he chose to go over there. He wanted to be where it was happening. He wanted to sell what he had to sell. He wanted to be in the know. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's how some of us are now. And we, you know, we can attest to some of that too. Like, but he still was saved. I know I can attest to the fact that because as far as his story, what I took up is that holding on, especially with like you can't hold on to this stuff trying to be new. You can't hold on to this stuff trying to build a better spiritual relationship with the Lord, holding on to them things. Like you have you keep hesitating to the point where literally he had to show his mercy and grab your hand. And come get you. But again, that's like I said, that's because his uncle pleaded on his behalf, like for the 50, for the 45, for like his uncle pleaded, please don't. That's why I keep saying again, he had it in him, but not to the point where I could use him. So that's what I'm saying. I just, I couldn't use him anymore. Okay. And as far as the wife was concerned, like, yeah, I really just didn't get like these people literally told you do not look back. That's she had to say for herself. She didn't believe. Like literally, what are you holding on to? And I'm literally in your face telling you what I'm about to do. And you still wow. trying to hold on. Like that's just again, like I said, my 2020 vision, that's just it sounds crazy. That's why I'm like, I can only imagine in his mind what he could have been going through to hesitate so many times and for her to turn around and look back when he told her not to. Yeah. And as Absolutely. far as daughters, I just feel like they they just acted out of desperation. Like they just acted out of impulse. Like they won again. Well, if we talking about, you know, lots of 
um um downfalls or whatever case of useless, then he then that's your that's your case right there. He was a useless father. And that was my point too. That's what I'm saying. They had to resort to that. Like they were so desperate. They had to resort to sleeping with their father because he didn't make sure that they had the right part. Come on now, like all these people with all this incest going on, if his uncle could look up at some columns and see that they were looking like smoke coming through a furnace, that means the other family wasn't that far away. That's what I'm saying. You didn't even take the time to even go back to make well, the, he, sure that he, it wasn't he didn't take the time. He wasn't prepared. They, didn't discuss, they didn't discuss this. They didn't sit down and have a conversation about when they was leaving out of this cave. So they felt like they're gonna be stuck in this cave forever. I'm not listen. I'm not condoning with what. Well, I mean, most of this was happening anyway, like you said. It so, was in this okay, case. They, it didn't have to. That's what I'm saying. Like in this case, it didn't have to because had they followed the they job, and instead of making sure that they had stuff and made sure that they had the right person, the right person. Because again, come on now, like that's your parent when your parent let. See who you bringing in here. They gonna size this person up. I'm gonna look you up and down, and I'm gonna see you inside and out to see who you bringing in here. You already, you know what I'm saying. And you already, I get that part. But what I'm saying is, as far as the incest that the two daughters showed, two lot got him drunk or whatever the case may be, and had and had sex with him. Mm-hmm. Thought is is that yeah, he didn't. He of course he didn't prepare them the first time. And he didn't prepare them the second time because he wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. And as far as that concerned, my question would be is if he knew. Like, did he, he just knew? assume? Yeah, when they got pregnant, did he just assume they was pregnant before they left Sodom? You get what I'm saying? Like, did he just assume both of them got pregnant at the same time? Or was it somehow found out like, yeah, we got you drunk that night and we both slept with you and Cause I mean, cause they had to be having baby at the same time. And my question would be, to that is, how? My question would have been, how can y'all be pregnant if y'all was supposed to be virgins? How can y'all be pregnant if it ain't no men around? That you know what I'm saying? And why y'all keep getting me drunk? <laughs> y'all got me two nights in a row. Did he? Should, you know what I'm saying? And then again, the text leave leave off. As that, you know, I'm I don't know if they go circle I, you know, you reading the Bibles, but they just left it as that. Yeah, it didn't leave it as as again who who the children are born. Like I said, Moab and uh what I say the other son name was. I don't know. Me. All I know was he didn't God didn't curse him. Yeah. I, I guess he he didn't, I mean, maybe the, they went on and live their, their lives I guess um, unless they come up in the, the other couple of books that you or stories you got to tell but the fact that there weren't no men around did he just assume like I said that they were already pregnant before they left you get what I'm saying like did he just assume did they come and was like oh we're pregnant we got pregnant you know some time before the fire that's what I'm saying he might have never questioned it at all. Eventually put two and two together and was like, hold on now, wait. This baby coming around this time. The fire was this time. If that's the case, then, you know, another question is, why did they get him drunk? 
because they knew he, he probably wouldn't have went through his soul. Yeah, he wasn't going to do it on his own recognizance. I wouldn't think so. Absolutely. So that was their scheme, which goes along to their father. Their father was 50-50 and they 50-50. Mm-hmm. They, were, they, they were smart enough not to turn around and become dust like their mother. So they knew enough of the Lord to believe to run to the hills or, or run for your life. Mm-hmm. But they still had that ever 50. Like, yeah, we about to do it. We about to sin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but as far as I guess, that's like you said, as far as the sin goes, again, I don't know. Like I said, I guess my thought is the reason that Sir and them wasn't punished, even though they was a part of it, is because, again, like, they was like, I don't know, I'm going to say, like, they weren't the ones in jeopardy of the sin. That's what I want to say. That's why they didn't get the punishment, because they weren't the ones in jeopardy of the sin, because, like I said, that's technically his sister. So they weren't in jeopardy of sinning. He was, and that's why he kept the, the pharaohs and the kings, that's why they kept getting the plagues and the punishments because, like I said, like he said, you're making me and my household guilty of this sin. Y'all are not the ones that's being condemned. Because again, technically y'all only telling half-truths. Right. I'm the one that's being condemned. I'm like, that's what I took from that. Right. That's uh, Exactly. I, you got me and you got me out here and these dudes about to jump you. You got me in this. You asked me out to go for a drink or some coffee or something. These dudes about to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you, yeah, you about to let me great catch a bullet. Because mm-hmm. it's you did. Or you got me out here fighting this man. You know, this dude put his hands on you and y'all back together. Yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Just tell the day on truth. Essentially, I mean, like I said, you might not have the best ending or outcome, but at least you know where your soul gonna go. But my thought as far as like another thing that I was saying as far as like my takeaway is that first of all, Abraham kept his word eight days after uh Sir finally gave birth, they circumcised that son of his Isaac, that was like the one thing, like he makes sure he's keeping his promise, his responsibility. Like, yeah, he's making thus far, making sure he keeps his his promise. And on top of that, though, right after that, Sir, of course, sent Ishmael and Hagar away. That was another thing that came to me. That was like, come on now, like, Sir was looking for any excuse to get rid of them. Like, they were making fun of her son. And she turned around and was like, oh, no, they're not about to share in none of my son's inheritance. You got to get them up out of here. Yeah. Like, and the wife don't want no, but no, you don't have nothing to do with that. Uh-uh. You got to go. Yeah, that was messed up. That's all I kept saying. I was like, dang, like, she did but what she to told her wife. to do. And you sitting here talking about something, yeah, that nah, they got to go. They can't share my son. But they had to go anyway, though. But that's son. Like, he got up, he got upset too. That's just what it says. Like, he got upset because that's my son too. Like, you're the one who told me to go sleep with her. And technically, I still have a son with her. So, 
Yeah. But he said that he was going to be, Ishmael was going to be a ruler of his own. He was going to be feisty. He was going to be a fighter. He was going to be all these things. So his 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 life was already predetermined. His destiny was already predetermined. All I think about Ishmael is how it must feel to literally just be thrown in some stuff that you don't got no part of. Like you have no say so in. Like you're literally getting treated like a stepchild Absolutely. Or something that's not even like you told my mother to sleep with my father and Absolutely. you are treating me like a stepchild and I'm being sent away. Yeah. To live in the woods. Like I can only imagine as that child. Like I did nothing wrong. And like you real life gonna take this woman's. I mean, but again, I guess I ain't gonna say woman's because God said again, do what sir said. So, yeah, yeah. He's just—he's the bastard child. I mean, don't take it. She wants to, you know, because again, she had had to marry her. She was like, he had a temporary wife. I was temporary married to her. Had a baby, like she told me to, and that was another thing that got me because it just kept saying his only son, his only son, and I'm like, don't they mean his only son left? Because he do got Ishmael. They just sent this, they sent them off. That's all I kept saying. Like, I don't know. I kept saying, I ain't gonna judge, you know, I can't quote it, but I just kept saying, this just, that's the part. I was like, I don't really care for this part. When he keeps saying that this is his only son, you're sacrificing your only son. And he just said, Ishmael's my son too. That's why he was upset. Right. Um, but, you know, but the thing about that is, is that, in the text, who how it was written, and who you know, the man made it, Brit wrote it, and he's getting the brunt of something, uh, uh, something that his mother, that his mother was commanded to do, and his father was told to do, and now it, this is why he's going to have strife all his life. Mm-hmm. And you think about that when they said that he was going to be, he's going to fight, people going to fight against him. He gonna be this and he gonna be that. You know what I'm saying? So his it was already predetermined that because you and and if you think about it today, if you have if your kids growing up in an abused family or things something like that, or you know didn't the parents don't show you whatever the case may be, is something's happening with them. Something's going on. So he gonna have things going on, and those might be the things my father didn't. You know didn't accept me. Sent us out here to live like I ain't gonna say animals. I mean live in the woods and fend for ourselves. Yeah, God intervened and made a way, made water, made you know, make sure that I ate and showed me how to hunt. So this is how I'm going to be. But they out he here, the they out here like Cain, looking for that why. Holding on to them feelings, looking for that why. Why why I get treated like this? Like, I ain't asked for this. He going to be the problem child. Mm-hmm. And, but he's still going to be successful. He's still going to be have nations or uh, what well you know guess a lot of people in his family he's gonna still be who but he's gonna be the best he's gonna be how most people do best the kids he's gonna be the best he child. had to be because that's my thought process is the probably why they was making fun of him anyway he was jealous mm-hmm. like y'all were having a whole weaning ceremony for this man because what he not on the titty no more he on the bottle now 
We about to have a whole right. ceremony for this. Like, did we have one for me? Did I get this celebration? Did we have it? Like, I mean, kids be like that. Like, yeah, like he raised her. He raised them, you know, like, I don't understand why he wasn't that good of a father to me. Like, I mean, honestly, like, that's your why, but his why is, again, he corrected it. He knew he wasn't that good of a father to you, so he wanted to correct his mistake this time. And all he can do is pick up from here. Like, that's how I looked at it. That's how I was when it came to my father. Like, you want here, you want around, but I'm not about to sit here and be mad about it. I have no idea what happened through, to you, you know, throughout your life. I don't know what your journey was, but you're here today. Well, that is wonderful. I forgave my father a long time ago. That's why I don't have no remorse, you know, especially telling the kid at five that you can't be their daddy no more because you're the bastard child because I'm the bastard child. And I don't know nothing about all that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You ain't had no sex, so you ain't no parts in that. You didn't ask for that. So, yeah, you was looking for that. Why I get treated like this? I ain't what I do. Right. And it, it, it happens. Mm -hmm. You rebellious. Now you this, now you that. So, he's going to be, uh, Ishmael is going to be the, the, he's going to always be in something. Again, my father was, again, his father one day, he'll let you know that, and again, he was just basically looking. He was searching and trying to figure out how to be the man that he felt he didn't have. He didn't have that father figure. He didn't, so he didn't really know what to do. And you got to realize that people can't give you what they don't got. I guess. Yeah, I mean, if I ain't got it, I can't give it to you, so... That's just how I look at it. Clearly, he didn't have it in him. He didn't know how to do it because if he did, he would have done it. Yeah, yours is, I can see you saying that. And my, you know, I feel like, yeah, you're a grown man. You made this mistake. You should have been a man about it with your wife and handled it accordingly. You don't tell no child that you can't, that doesn't even make sense. And again, I got older. I forgave him. Uh, we had a better relationship, you know. But he was not my father. He, he, I mean, he was a father, but he was, you know, not my dad. But I still cared about him. And we did things. So, you know, I'm sorry you didn't get that time, but you did, you know, like, wanted to. But, you know. My godfather's like my dad, like my real father. Like the things that my father didn't do, or I guess I missed out on with him, I found in my godfather since I was 12. And he's treated me like his own daughter since I was 12. Real life. That's the, that's the only stable man that I've ever had in my life is my godfather. Happy birthday, dad. Well. Again, you were blessed enough again to get that father that you should have had. You still got that experience. I can attest to that. I can't really say that I got that experience because the only thing that I could, the only person I can really recall, again, who was probably around for real, for real like that, who probably, I guess, would consider himself that way would be Erica and Ashley's father, my sister's father. But like I said, again, he wasn't for real, for real. He wasn't even really their father. I mean... Frankly speaking, I'm sorry, whoever hearing this, that it's frankly speaking anyways, but 
I just remember, yeah, one day he was just, he would be like, yeah, I'm not your father. Technically, I'm not your father. He would say that, technically, I'm not your father. And technically, I'm like, I know that. Have you ever heard me call you daddy? Have you ever heard me refer to you as my father? Like, ain't nobody asked you to be that person. I didn't ask you to be that person. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've never looked for that because I guess I've never felt like I've missed anything. Like being around my mother, my grandmother, my aunt. Like again, I had a woman, a family full of women. My cousins, like having them around still, it just seemed like I don't know. Like I wasn't missing nothing. We still, you know, did our family trips. We went places. We had fun. Like I wasn't lacking and missing out on nothing. So probably why I wasn't really didn't care that he won there. That's a good. That's a good way. That was a good way to be. That was a good to have I you know I still had issues so it's all to the good you know I'm glad that you you know that you were able to be that young be able to come to grips with that you know and and be able to settle in yourself that you know you didn't really need them but I mean to a degree I feel like most most girls need their father or you know it's they most definitely I feel like that will I'm not going to say they should have their father in their life because again I don't feel like every mother should be in their child's life or just because you can have kids don't mean you should have them it don't make you a good parent like some parents in these kids life are ruining these kids life messing these kids life so yeah. I mean, and and that goes with they probably wasn't taught in the proper manner. They themselves. weren't, but that's what my thing is. If we have more God-fearing men who are in these kids' lives and setting the example, I mean, so many bad relationships and all have murders and then divorces. Like, I just feel like that wouldn't be a factor if more people took more time to focus again on the inner characteristics of a being as opposed to the outworks ones where he just look good and she look good and we gonna have some cute kids oh well wait on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure you definitely gonna have to i mean it's some out here it's some out here it's just literally you got to you just got to find them you know hope they find you i mean if you're God-fearing, you're going to pray for him. He might come through. If you just being you and have enough discernment to know what's good for you, then you'll find or him or whomever. But, but today's society is, yeah, you got to figure it out. You got, you know, I can't even, I ain't even got no words for it. It's just all, everybody's just willy-nilly. <laughs> well, We'll digress. Let's get back to the story. And yeah, like I said, last I remember he had been talking about how I would say that was his only son, but again, that's another thing that he was, he still sacrificed him. Even as his only son that he basically, I took as left. Because his son, other son was already sent off. So the only son that I'm giving, that I, you know, birthed you through your wife, your miracle baby, basically. You have to sacrifice your miracle baby, your miracle child. Like, yeah, he really like. I feel like at that point, like that's when he knew again that his commitment was strong. Like he was really ready to obey God. Like 
again when he was using Sarah as his sister, he was like, again, I'll get like I'm not that don't mean he was not ready to commit. I don't feel like that. I just feel like he just again was getting comfortable with lying when he was put in that situation. He was just developing that pattern of when he got put in a fight situation to lie instead of sticking with the word of God like nah the Lord already promised me this land like we good this my wife I, that's why well, that's why I'm at with it I'm I'm just like you believed in him so much you were about to go kill your kid but you couldn't believe in him enough to you oh you yeah okay half of it was a lie mm-hmm. it was a half because yeah they hit that anyway, you just about to be responsible I ain't even gonna lie when I read that part I kind of chuckled I was like cause I could only imagine what Isaac was like I'm sitting here holding that stuff and we ain't got no animal we got no sheep what is we about to do mm-hmm. yeah but they didn't say he squawked about it. they didn't say he squawked he asked still he still asks where's the sheep like it, it, it clicked in his mind that's what made me think of it that's why I was like yeah like that is too funny like he probably was like hold up. like hold up wait a minute we don't got no sheep how did he ha- but how did he he had to tie his son up so he just said hey son stand still for a minute while I tie you. That was another thing I thought of. Like, yeah, how did he get him to the point where he yeah, he can get him to tie? Like it had to be some kind of fight. Like that's all I kept thinking. It gotta be some kind of fight to where yeah, I got the I how old was uh Abraham? I don't know. Like, come on, that's what I'm saying. He was already a son when he had him. Right. How old he was he died in- and he never, he never, they never even said he, he never even said the eyes even question him. I think they just walked back to the other people like, "Hey, what's happening?" No, nah, I wasn't on the. Um, mm-hmm. That was my thought process. I just kept saying, "Oh my God, how would I feel if I was asked?" I'm telling you, I'm, I mean. First, I was just like, yeah, I probably would have been scared. Like, oh, I'm terrified. He is really about to sacrifice me. I'm terrified. I probably would have been up there. Please, please, daddy, take me off the head. Like, no, no, no. This is not what the Lord could have been saying to do. This is not right. And then when that ram came through, literally, God's time, and that ram showed up, he was like, whew, thank you. God, thank you, God, that ram showed up. Believed in Abraham and been believed like yeah, okay, you're gonna sign me up and I'm just gonna lay here and this is what you gotta do to please your Lord. That was another thing that came to my mind. He probably wasn't. He probably was just like, yeah, like if this what it is, this is what okay. it is. Right. He could have been, but I just got saying, like it's one of them two. The first the my the first one was the first one I thought though. Like, yeah, he was playing. Oh, I'm sure he probably was he was afraid. He was like, what's going on? I'm sure he was. Sheep. He had a man there. We don't got no sheep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm sure the servants was given. Okay. They just had to stand there and wait till they came back. Mm-hmm. But he was like, we'd be, we'd be right back. So he had faith to do. He, I guess he felt he had faith enough to know whatever he had to do. He was coming back. Cause he said we, so I guess he had faith enough to think that his son was coming back too. Mm-hmm. Another thing that stuck out to me was that they was literally trying to give him that, like, 
like that goes back to like I said, that reputation. Like you are a lord, you are a, a prince among us. Take this land and bury her wherever you want to bury her. Right. I ain't had no problem. Like I'm not giving. I don't want something for nothing. Nope. And yeah, he did not debate on that price because again, all I kept thinking is, you know, again, that's how it is today. If you buy a piece of land, you trying to get double back your money for what you paid for. You trying to at least double back your money. So I was like, if he came out automatically with four hundred, couldn't have probably been worth no more than one, one or two. And he ain't having no debate back. Like, no, nah, I give you three, four. It was just straight. Take this four hundred, okay. But then I looked at it at the same time. That's probably why they mentioned he was a foreigner in that land. Because again, like they probably ain't want to sell the land to the outsider. That's why he was like, yeah, you can't let my son marry one of these women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't mix the blood up. Mm -hmm. And he was Egyptian women, weren't they? You said Canaanites. It was Canaanites. Like, yeah, you can't let my son marry none of these Canaanite women. Uh-uh. You got to yeah, go take him back to my household. And that's why I kept saying about uh Lot. Why he ain't go back? Why he ain't do the same thing? Why he ain't go back and make sure that yeah he went and found a suitable husband for his daughter. Well apparently they didn't need all they wanted was kids. So mm -hmm. they, they got what they can they got what they asked for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I got nothing else except for the fact that uh, the servant prayed and basically like literally his answer was prayed just as he said. Let her please say yes, she want to serve me and this camel. Yeah, for my Lord. Mm -hmm. My Lord made me promise him so I had to do what the Lord said. And for the servant to be just as obedient as his, as his master it's the teachings of Abraham. Mm -hmm. You know, your servant gonna go do what you say do, and they gonna pray because they want to get it right. They don't want to. They don't want to disappoint you, Abraham, or the Lord. Mm -hmm. And for the fact that he prayed to the Lord, the Lord was probably even even more pleased. That's why it happened the way it happened because Abraham has been a role model to everybody, and they know what to do and the time to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, pray you know, and pray just like we was just talking about praying that somebody would come. They, you know, they could find, you know, them a ram in the bush. You know, just the days time. You know, good men. You know, they could be upstanding. But after they killing most of them, it's hard. It's hard. It's slim pickings, man. Mm -hmm. That's why you gotta all you do is pray for these kids. You gotta keep it that way. But that's good that Rebecca, you know, she had that servant spirit. She gave in, she served them, gave them that stuff. Yeah, that's because you know, and again, that's a test of Abraham because his brother, no, you know, now they mentioned he got a brother, and the brother must have instilled into to them the same thing that. Abraham, you know, it was a family traditional thing. Mm -hmm. So she knew, that, you know, he asked for some water, sure, and I can water your camels. And yeah, yeah, you can stay here and I'm going to feed them too. Like, you know, just, you know, even though, again, like Lot was, a, was useless, he still washed them people's feet and fed them and gave them something to drink. Mm -hmm. So, so that, you know, how many people today are we going to open our houses? To the what to it's by in and to feed them. We'll give them some, we'll give them like a dollar or two to them go to McDonald's, maybe buy them a sandwich. But we ain't coming to my house. The rest, we ain't doing that. 
still, so we just going to end it there. That's clearly our thoughts. We saying a little bit too much. So thanks for tuning in. Any comments, requests, concerns, thoughts, send them to 2020 Bible Stories at gmail.com. That concludes this episode of 2020 Bible Stories with Shamika and Felicia. We'd like to thank you again for listening and showing your support of us as we venture through the stories of the Bible. Tune in next week for a new story. And don't hesitate to reach out to us at 2020BibleStories at gmail.com with your takeaways, thoughts, comments, and requests. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Breaker.